Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Hey, by round of applause, how many of you have kids? By round of applause? Okay, so that's probably three, that's almost 80, 90% of us. All right, by round of applause, how many of you are a kid? That should be everybody. You are a child, okay? You're still a kid at heart. Um, I, so what I want to do, just Heather said, you know, it's really our children that train us. We don't really train our children. So what I want to do is give you some uh, points on how to train your children this morning. So thanks, son. Um, and and uh, how, how, many, how many have, like, more than one child? How many have two kids? Raise your hand if you have two. All right, keep your hand up. If you have three, leave your hand up. All right, if you have four, leave your hand up. If you have five, leave your hand up. If you have six, seven, eight... Nine, ten, ten or more. Wow, alright. So there's, there's a lot of kids, alright. And, and here's the deal. How many of you, out of round of applause, every single one of your kids are exactly the same? <laughs> it was a start and a wait. No, I... They're all different, aren't they? I, I just want to pick on two of mine, and I'm not going to use their name, because anytime I do, I owe them five bucks. So, um... I have two, and this was a few years ago, and, and, and very different kids. We have four boys and one girl. Our girl's the oldest, and then we have four boys. Boys are a different creation. They're a different breed. They are high energy. They are crazy, and, and they're physical. And so I have one of my boys, you know he's coming like a mile away. You just hear... Like, like all the way through the house, okay? From age 0 to 20, alright? Literally, like, however old they are, you just... How many have a kid like that? You just know they're coming. It's like the, it's like the elephant, alright? And they're riding through the home, and you're going, I hope that this house is made well, because otherwise we're going to crumble. Yeah, okay? So, so then I have another child of mine, and this was a few years ago. I shared this story probably like five or six years ago. It's worth sharing again. And I'm, I'm laying in bed one night, and he was young. And maybe you remember these times, but do you remember when your kids were younger, maybe they still are, and you can't get them quite to bed, you can't get them to sleep yet? And so you come up with all these different strategies that you think are genius at the time, right? And they're not. And, and one, of the, one of my kids, uh, he comes into my room and he goes, Dad, I can't sleep. And I said, okay, I got a, I got a deal for you. And I'm like halfway, you know already asleep, and I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to your room, and I want you to count in your head to a thousand. Because I'm thinking, by the time he gets to a thousand, he's going to be asleep. So I fall back asleep, and then just like, I don't know, half an hour, hour later, maybe, around then, and you have that one clod-hopping child, but then how many of you have the child that's like super quiet on his or her feet? So, have you ever had that thought, while you're sleeping, that somebody's watching you? And so I'm laying in bed. And I, I just feel like this presence. Not, not like the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. Like, like, is that warm breath? What is that? I think it's my dog, maybe. And, and I look over. And I'm like, ah! And it's my child standing right next to me. And I'm like, what is going on? Because I was asleep. And I'll never forget his response to me. was, He goes, Dad, I'm finished. I got to a thousand. And I'm like, go to bed. 
ahead. Get out of here. They're all different, aren't they? Every single one of them is so different. So let's just review last week the points that, as my wife said, maybe we're trying to train them, but they're really training us. These, this is a continuation of last week. So if you missed last week, get built on it. So just real briefly, got all these together. I'll toss them on the screen for you. Uh, don't lose your kids to gain something. In other words, if you go into ministry full-time, if you do a job, you take a risk, something, make sure you don't give up your kids to go and do that. It's not worth it. Number two, parents' purpose, this was our big one from last week, is to call your children to life. That's your purpose. If you ever wondered what your purpose of a parent is, that's it. You are called to call them to life. You're called to speak over the clodhopper and the quiet one. All of them, you're called to speak life into them and to bring out of them what God has already put into them. It's your job to see that, speak it, and call it out and allow that to come into fruition. Third, be real rather than right. Now, these work great in any context, especially this last one. This is a great thing for a spouse, okay? Be real rather than right. I know for me, I love being right all the time, and I usually am. But, but on occasion, on occasion, there are those times where it's better for me to be real and ask for forgiveness, even from my, even from my child, even from my kid. Hey, I'm sorry I blew up at mom. I got real mad. I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? Now, let me ask you this this morning. Think back, if you're my age or older, it might be a little more difficult. If you're younger, maybe a little easier. If you're a teenager, really easy for you. But do you remember, if you've ever said this to yourself or out loud, you said, you know what, my parents did whatever, and I will never be like my parents. We've all said it. We've all made those vows. We've all been like, I will never do that. I'm never going to be like, like that. And then, it, whether it's like, I'm going to be on time to everything, or whether it's, I'm never going to smoke or get drunk, or whether it's, you know what, I'm going to be in shape, or, or whatever, uh, whatever that thing was that you made that vow to, usually that vow we make is based on a judgment or on forgiveness rather than forgiving and letting go, and then it grows, it festers. And what happens is we spend so much time focusing on what we don't want to be that what happens? become it. Yeah. We're looking back and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing exactly what my mom did. How many have had that? Is you're my age or older, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm my dad. I'm my mom. Wow, what just happened? And I think some of that's okay, some of that's hereditary, but make sure as we get into that, that we're, that we're not basing it off of any unforgiveness or judgment that maybe we've had. And, and, and let me just ask a real blunt question. How many of you, by round of applause, because I can't see everybody, how many of you have ever been frustrated by your mom or dad? Just by round of applause, ever, one time. Okay, stop. That's all of us, obviously. Now remember, for those of you that have kids... Like, we, my, my wife and I do ages 11 through 19 right now. We have five kids, ages 11 through 19. If you have been frustrated by your mom and dad, what are the chances that they're going to be frustrated about you someday? 100%. It's <laughs> 100%. Okay? So I can give you all this. You can be like, Pastor Chris, I followed every step you gave me. But they still did their own thing. They still went their own way. That's because they're their own person. Okay? So we're to train up a child in the way they should go, and when they get old, they shouldn't depart from it. That's biblical. Alright? But at the same time, that's up to them and God and their relationship. We give them the foundation, and then someday, come on, man, don't we want to kick them out of the nest? I'm getting there. I love them. But I tell you what, some of them, man, they're ready. They're ready. They're getting there. They're getting there. Alright, so I have a couple more points for you this morning. If you're ready, say yeah. Yeah. Alright, here we go. Predictable parenting makes powerful parents. Okay? Some of you need to write this down because you're not predictable. 
You need to have that structure and that predictability with your kids. Structure is biblical. There's a plan. There's things in place all the time. I have four boys. They're physical. They like to beat the crap out of each other. When they're arguing, sometimes I say, just go outside and wrestle it out. And, and Heather's like, no, 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 no. And they're like, oh, let's go, let's go. Ah. You know, and, and I know who's going to win. Heather and I place money on it when they leave. But um, that's a joke, all right? That's a joke. Only I do. Heather doesn't. She's better than me. And, and so, man, you got, like, it's okay to laugh, all right? We're, we're in this together, all right? I need response from you this morning. We're, we're in this together, okay? For those of you that didn't know, had surgery a few weeks ago. And so, uh, uh, on my backside, and we're, we're getting there one day at a time. No pain yet today, so we're doing okay. But taking it one step at a time. So, what I'm asking for you this morning is response. Even if, even if you've got that natural, like, Swedish thing going on, where you're like, I can't say anything in church... I'm just asking you this morning to get over yourself, okay? Alright, so, so here's the deal. Pretend like you're in the south with me. We're on the beach in Pensacola or something, and, and we're in the south where everybody speaks in church. It's okay to speak in church. My boys are physical. And so, we learned later, you know, when they were early on in life, you know what they would do? They would like bite out of a graham cracker, make a gun out of it. Or they would do something crazy, you know? Now my daughter... She would see us throw away Kleenex boxes, and she's like, "Oh no, don't do!" Like when she's young, don't don't do that. I, I want to make a craft out of that. I want to make something. And, and you know, when she wasn't looking, we, we threw it out. But but here's here's the deal, okay? Here's the deal. They're all different, and with boys, we have to be predictable. Predictable parents make powerful parents, and so. One of the things that we decided to do is they would fight and they'd wrestle and they still like to do that on occasion. They're a little bigger now, so I don't wrestle as much with them. And, and what happens is sometimes it can go a little too far. Sometimes all of a sudden there's tears or, you know, or it comes into me. And how many parents have ever been in this where child A and child B approach you? And child A's story doesn't match child B's story. And you don't know because you weren't there... But there's one child you think maybe is more right, but you're not quite sure. So rock hard place you. Maybe, yeah, probably all of us. And you go, what do I do? So I came up with this genius plan. This is what we did. It doesn't work all the time. But I decided a long time ago, I said, if they come to me and they're about each other and they're in tears and the stories don't match, here's what I decided to do. I stay out of it. It's the best parenting advice I can give you. Stay out of it. Here's what I did. I said, here's what you're going to do. You and your brother right now. You're going to start hugging right now. You're going, to, you're going to embrace each other. Tight, firm, chest-to-chest hug. None of this buddy church hug crap. No, like, like you're, you're like full embrace. And I said, you can let go when you resolve the issue and I leave. <laughs> Greatest parenting advice I can give you. Works great. They hate it. They love it. But they know you're going to make us hug now, aren't you? Maybe it's time out for you. Or maybe it's spanking for you. Here's what I want you to do. Follow the biblical wisdom that God gives you in parenting, not the cultures. Okay? 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. Paul wrote this to Timothy, a pastor. He's a church planner. He says, But if someone doesn't provide for their own family, and especially for a member of their own household, so we're talking about extended family and immediate nuclear family, they have denied the faith. Whoa! Whoa! They are worse than those who have no faith, or maybe your version says worse than an unbeliever. Here's what's interesting about that. A lot of times, and I've seen Dave Ramsey and other people in the finance world, they use this as far as providing for them financially. It's not just financially providing. It's provision when it comes to setting up a secure household. Yes, finances is a part of that. But your kids need to be able to trust you. 
They need to know what's going to happen if they get upset, if they come to you with an issue. Now we're into dating. Now we're into kids getting married. And so my kids need to realize dad's a safe place to come and talk. Or if they make a mistake or something, they want that from you. And so it's our job to provide that security. Otherwise, literally Paul says we're worse than an unbeliever. We're worse than those that don't have faith. In other words, worse than the pagans in the original text. And so during that, you might go, well, I've messed up. Or, or maybe you're going, man, I'm a predictable parent now, but I wasn't. Or maybe, maybe sometimes you feel like you're failing as a parent. There are those days where we're going, I've done everything right. Or maybe I've done wrong, and, and I still feel like I'm failing. Or maybe you see your kid not doing everything that you've asked them to do, and you feel like they're failing. You know, that's okay. I think God wants us to fail. Because in our weakness as a parent is where His strength comes in. Right? Right? You with me? Okay? So when we're weak, he's strong. So learn to fail. Be okay with not having all the right answers as a parent. Well, Pastor Chris, you said i got to be predictable. Yeah, we're working on that. But it's okay to fail. Have you? And, and here's the deal. If you've done everything right as a parent, if you have never failed at anything, then you're probably not taking big enough risks with your family. Okay? It's okay to fail. Failing is a part of life. It's a powerful learning tool. Without failure, you'll never know that you succeeded. And so utilize that. Allow your kids to fail. Be the safety net for them in something. You know, we talked about last week how kids don't want to hear that their artwork's the greatest thing in the world. They want you to be real and honest with them, you know? Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. It says, The righteous lead blameless lives. Blessed are their children after them. Blameless, right here, does not mean perfect. It means standing in right, standing right with God. No matter when you fail, bringing your failures, bringing your fears, bringing the part of parenting where you're going, I'm not doing a good enough job when you feel that way. And then going back to the song that we just sang, I'm a child of God. I'm okay. I'm good. And then we pray for our kids in that same part. Be okay taking risks with your family. You know, you might not know this, but Bethany's not here with us this weekend. And Bethany, who leads our kids, she pastors our kids in our kids department here. She does a lot of admin work and a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but she's a rock star. I uh, picked on her last week too. She took off with one of her nieces and said, we're going on a road trip. And I said, are you excited? And she goes, I am, but I'm a little scared. She's taking a risk. She's doing something she's never done before. And they're like, we're going to just kind of play it by ear. We're going to get in the car and just go. I don't know how many of you, that sounds like fun. But I'm like, good for you. Like, go. Take that risk. Be okay with those risks, especially with your kids, especially with them. All right? Next, here we go. For your kids as a parent. Celebrate. Check this. This is big. Whose they are, not just who they are. Celebrate whose they are. Father God is their ultimate father. Okay? You and I get to steward them for a time. They'll always be our kids. Okay? But Father God has the best out for them. So we need to celebrate whose they are, not just who they are. It's important who they are. Absolutely want to celebrate that. But how often do we celebrate whose they are? You know, it's still important to celebrate them no matter what they do, but don't worry about what they do. Worry about who they are, rather. And so we, we celebrate whose they are. Well, they're a child of God. Again, we just sang about that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. As for parents, don't provoke your children to anger, but raise them with discipline and instruction about the Lord. So we celebrate them in the Lord. We give them biblical instruction. We teach them along the way. Are they going to do it right? Every time? 
you do it right every time when your mom and dad told you to do something you knew was right? No. No, that's part of the journey. It's part of the journey that we're on. You know, I had uh, one of my sons years ago. We were really young. We lived in Eden Prairie and we had this little yard. And our yard was fenced in all the way around. And we had a decline hill in the back of the yard. We had this red sled. And uh, he really wanted to go sledding in our backyard. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, this is not going to end well because you're going to crash into the bottom of this. And so I talked to him and I said, look, I said, when you go sledding down this hill, I need you to make me a promise. Like, when you get to the bottom of this hill, before you get to the fence, will you just roll out? Otherwise, you're going to crash into it thinking, this is just common sense. He's got it, you know? And, and uh, he said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Lays down head first in the sled. Starts going, and I'm watching back on the top of the hill. And it's not a big yard, and I'm just watching. And and uh, I see him picking up speed, picking up speed, picking up speed, picking up speed, and going, jump out, jump out, roll out. Bam! I mean, as hard as you can possibly think. And, and at that moment, pause, and I'll get back to the story. But at that moment as a parent, there is one thing that matters in that moment to me. Not that he didn't follow my instructions. But is he okay? And so I'll tell you what. I, have, I could have outran Usain Bolt from Jamaica at that moment. I ran as fast as I have ever ran down to him in tears. We actually had to have him check to make sure. I, it looked like he had two heads. I mean, one was it was so big. Scared the crud out of me. His dad brought him to ER right away. They said actually because it's protruded, that's actually better than if it wasn't. And, and he was okay. One of my other sons... This was uh, a few years ago. We were up at my in-law's cabin, and, and uh, there's a dock that they have that goes out onto the lake. And I told my, my son, I said, hey, uh, one of our rules, one of our instructions is this, predictable parenting. I said, hey, when you go out there, I said, either make sure you're with an adult on the dock or you have a life jacket on. You know, he's young. And, and there was adults around, and he was out on the dock by himself, so he was actually obeying it. Even when our kids obey it, it doesn't always go right, does it? He walks out to the end of the dock, and I'm up on shore, and I see my, my son standing there, and he's, it was young, so he was like one, one half, two. Um, he knew what we were asked him, but he had a, still a diaper on. And I watched my son fall right onto his back in the water, and it's about four feet deep there. And I'm, I'm watching my son sink to the bottom of the lake. Again, second time I ran like the guy from Jamaica, I booked out onto the dock and I didn't care about myself at all. In fact, I, I slipped, I, I popped my big toenail up, I skidded the top of my ankle, it welted, it was bleeding everywhere. Can I tell you that it didn't hurt at all? It didn't hurt at all. Because I jumped into that lake, I didn't, or water, I didn't care how cold it was, and I grabbed my son, pulled him up, and I'm going, am I going to have to do you know, CPR? Am I have to, what am I going to have to do? And he was fine. He was totally fine. We got there within I mean, seconds. But even though we instruct, even though we can be predictable, they still get to have that time where they get to fail or make mistakes. But can't we as parents be the structure and be the the one that catches them when they fall? Right? Isn't that our job? Right? That's our job to do that. Now, love them. Challenge them who they are. They're a child of God. Challenge them in who they are. But then also, cautiously challenge them in who they can be. Okay? Challenge them in who they can be. Now, realize that 
This is a very cautious point because I don't want them to think, well, unless I look like this, or I have this all figured out, or I, or I clean my room, or I do things perfectly, that now you're going to love me. No, no, no. Love needs to remain unconditional no matter what. But it's our job to call them to life. That's our purpose. And so we do that over and over. We cautiously challenge them to life. If you're with me, say yeah. Okay. Yeah. So biggest, one of the biggest, coolest things that ever happened to me was a week ago, and it was before last week's message. Uh, Silas got home. It was a Friday night, and, and I was talking to Heather on the phone. Silas rides the bus, goes to East Bethel Elementary, and Silas gets off the bus. I owe, yeah, I know. I owe him a lot. And no, it's, it's each it's each time, so it's only five. So it's all right. It's all right. It's good for the whole day. And and he gets off the bus and he comes inside. He's like, Dad, I need to talk to you. I'm like, Okay. I said, Let me let me let go of mom. And he goes, No, you can you can finish talking to mom. I said, Okay. So I finished talking to mom. I said, Sass, what's up? And he comes over to me, and and he's smaller in stature because he takes after me, not his mom. And so he he stands like this. And he's and I've never seen him so confident and so like just I don't know. And, and I said, "What's up, buddy?" He goes, "Hey, dad. There's two kids on the bus and they were behind me and and these two kids uh, they started fighting and I said, "Well, how are they fighting?" They said they're roasting each other back and back and forth like your mama jokes," he said. Going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And and finally somebody said, you know, to those guys, they said, shut up. And they shut up, Dad. I said, okay, that, that sounds good. Then what happened? But one of them then turned to me, Dad. And he goes, the the guy said to me, Dad, your mom is stupid. Tears just started flooding, man. I mean like flooding. He was and he was just like you could just sense the emotion. And and I said, What's up, buddy? And he turns to me and he goes, Dad. And, and I just saw this like righteous anger inside of my son. Anger's not a sin. It's what you do with it. That's a sin. And he goes, Dad, my mom's not stupid. And I said, I, I agree with you. <laughs> and, and I said, tell me more. And he goes, Dad, I wanted to punch him so bad. And I was like, well, why didn't you? No, I didn't say <laughs> And he goes, he goes, but I didn't. He goes, but everything in me wanted to. And I said, well, why didn't you? Like, what? Tell me. And he goes, because in the back of my mind, Dad, when that happened, I heard you say, we, we turned the other cheek. No, I'm trying to hold back tears. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you. And so I, I knelt down. I, I would kneel down if I could right now. And, and I knelt down and I, I hugged him. And I just embraced him. And I said, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you and who you are. I'm so proud of you and whose you are. Right over him, and, and I said, "What's your plan?" And we talked about the could be. We talked about what's next. Because guess what happened next week? Came back. I said, "What did you do?" We did our plan, and our plan was to talk to the bus driver about it and take it out of our own hands. We did that. I was so proud of him. So kudos to my son, man. How awesome is that? Yeah, come on. That's for you, Silas. If you're watching, Silas is with Grandma and Grandpa right now at the cabin. It's like negative 30 degrees up there. Okay. Last week I talked about Moses and Jethro. Just to get you caught up, if you missed it last week, Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. 
They're in the wilderness. They get set up. Eventually they get to this place where Moses is trying to judge every little discrepancy or disagreement between the Israelites. And his father-in-law Jethro sees this. And Jethro goes, Moses, you're not doing it right. You need to step in there. You need to do it right. I'm going to show you how. He loves him who he is. He challenges him who to be. And, and, and what Moses learned from his father-in-law was how to be predictable because his father-in-law was predictable with his parenting technique, with what he did. And so what he did is he said, Moses, you've got to delegate this out. You can't be the only one that judges the Israelites. Delegate it out to people who are willing and good enough to do this job. And so that's what he did. Just a quick side note right now. Just a real quick side note that's kind of not even about the message. Delegation in a church is huge because I can't lead a church by myself. Ted, who's helping us, and, and Ted and Lisa are helping us through uh, summer with worship while, while Kylie is down south right now at a camp. Uh, they can't do it on their own. Uh, Bethany, who leads our kids' ministry, can't do it on her own. And so today, if you have children K through 5, we actually have a sign on our door that says, We don't have K through 5 today. And this is not a guilt trip, but this is to go, We haven't had anybody or we haven't found anybody to say, Hey, we want to come in here and be here. It takes a team, it takes a family, and so if God's put it on your heart to go, man, I could be in there once a month. It's one hour with some awesome kids. And I told Heather, I said, I might not even be in church Sunday. She's like, are you not feeling well? I said, no. I might actually record my message and go back there and hang out with the K through 5. And I might do that next time because I want our church to remain a church where the kindergarten through fifth grade, all the kids and the youth know that they are a focus, never an afterthought in this church. Can I hear a good amen, somebody? Okay? So if God has put that on your heart, not a guilt trip, but if the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, now is the time to listen to that. Delegation's powerful. Back in the message here. Exodus. I, I love this verse. This is, this is humorous. Go ahead and put that next verse up. Let's read it together. Here we go. Exodus 18.27. The Moses sent his father-in-law on his way. <laughs> Did you catch that? This is hilarious. And then the next part, and Jethro returned to his own country. <laughs> like, can you just imagine what this conversation is like? Yo, Pops, uh, thank you for leading me. Thank you for telling me how to do this. Um, I'm glad. I'm grateful. I don't know how to say this, Jethro, but uh, get out of my life. <laughs> like, like, go. I'm good. I'm good. If I need counsel, I'll come and ask you. I, I'll come and, and I'll seek you out. And I love the end of this. It's like, Jethro's like, okay, I'm out of here. See ya. Peace. See ya. I, the, the Bible is filled with these kind of ends. It's so funny. You just got to read it. I love it. But, you know, Moses sent him on his way. Why? Because Jethro did his job. Jethro came in, that parent, spoke life into his son-in-law to get him to a place where he could lead and he could lead well. Jethro's job was finished. Okay? Maybe for you it's tough to celebrate who they are, who your kids are, if you as a parent are in a place right now where you need affirmation, where you need the accolades, and we're getting it from the wrong source. I've, I've been guilty of this because I love when my kids were young and I used to get to snuggle and watch Back to the Future, watch Superman with them, whatever, you know, good movies, not that Barney stuff. And, and you know, I realized sometimes I did that for me, not for them. And that's reverse. That's, it's a, what therapists call parental inversion. Parental inversion is where I realize I'm getting out of my kids what I should really be getting out of my spouse, and I would take it one step further out of psychobabble, getting out of God. Because my relationship, this is key. If you don't remember anything else the last four weeks, I want you to remember this right now. 
your relationship with your spouse, with your kids, with others, with me, with the friends, with family, you are never, ever, 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 never, ever supposed to get your needs met from a relationship. Never. Okay, that's unbiblical. That's cultural, but not biblical. That's Hollywood, but it's not biblical. So then what is the purpose of a relationship? The only purpose that God has given to us with relationship, and everything stems out of this, is to glorify Him. Every relationship is to glorify Him. It's to honor Him. It's to lift Him up. It's to celebrate who God is. That's why it's so important to look at who He is, okay, not find our needs. So as a parent, this would happen to me. My mom passed away a few years ago, but before my mom passed away, my mom and dad would have issues back and forth. Um, My parents were divorced when I was 16. They stayed together. They got married uh, again. And, and I thought, this is crazy that they, that they did this. But during that time, I watched my parents fight like I've never seen. And what would happen at that time is my mom would come to me often. And she'd be like, oh my gosh, your dad, da-da-da-da-da, your dad, da-da-da. And that was tough as a kid to go, I don't know what to do with this. Because this is really something that they should figure out or they should seek a counselor. And so be really cautious in ever getting affirmation on your viewpoint with your spouse from your kids. Amen? Okay? Be really careful with that. Um, we, we can all slip into that. I've slipped into that before. So be very careful with that. Alright, so before I put this last point up here, that, that's really what I have for you. The series is called Mad About You. The reason that this series, and I never told you why the series was called Mad About You, but this is one of my favorite TV shows that was ever made. How many ever saw the Mad About You series 20 years ago? They actually remade it on Amazon last year. Um, it's Now that they've all had like plastic surgery, they look weird. But it's, it's, uh, it's a great show. And, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. The reason it's called Mad About You is because they have these fights. They have this, they're trying to figure it out all the time. But I have one last point that I want to give you that I think is key. And it's probably my favorite point of the whole series. And it's this. Watermelons were not made for only one person. You'll get there. Think about it. Think about it. Have you ever sat down and tried to eat a whole watermelon by yourself? Yeah, some of you. Hopefully you didn't get hives or break out. I'm talking rind and everything. No. Okay, I guess you can actually marinate the rinds, pickle them. That's weird. But here's the deal. With, with watermelon, why did God create the watermelon the size he did? Why did he create it the way that he did? Think about it. It was for more than one person. Because family matters. That's what it's about. Okay? It's to have fun as a family. It's to make memories. I have some great memories. I got my oldest son back here on drums. Isn't he a good drummer? I'll tell you what, isn't he good? I love some people are like, you have a drum set in your house? And I'm like, yes, play it. I love it, man. Crank it. I love loud music, man. And 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 I'm like, let's do this. And I have my other kids whom I love. You know, my son Levi, he runs that media stuff, man. Like it's insane. My daughter's serving God with all her heart right now, getting ready to, to get married. You know, and I've got my middle son, Justice. He doesn't give a care in the world what you or anybody thinks. He's just his own child. He goes to his own beat of his own drum. And that's okay. And then I've got my, my youngest. He's got cute child syndrome, you know. Y'all have one of those. But it's not about just one about them. It's about all of them together. All of us together making memories. You know, we were out playing volleyball yesterday for a little bit. We've been doing that. You know, we're going to leave the volleyball net up tomorrow because tomorrow we all have the day off. So we're going to chill and play that. we got the, the pool above ground ready to go. You know, so we want to go do that. It's not about the pool. It's not about the volleyball net. But have you ever tried to, like, play volleyball by yourself? 
doesn't it doesn't work really well. We're meant to have community. And I would even challenge us, church, I think that's one area we could really work on. Find somebody in the church to go, hey, you know, we don't have a structured small group church, you know, church process like some churches do. Uh, we, we have a few. We have, you know, our Wednesday night and our Tuesday night ladies and, and deep group. And there's ministries you can connect with. But we're asking you to be intentional about that. We live in a community where 95% of you commute in and out. And so you're not home till late at night. So guess what? After church on Sunday, it's Memorial Day weekend. you got nothing to do tomorrow. So hopefully on the way out, you find someone to go, Hey, can I buy you lunch? Places are open again. Thank God you can go there and buy them lunch. Take them out. Because my desire is for you to find some of your best friends in here. Okay, quickly, I want to finish with three things, alright? Uh, let me give you a verse here, and then we're going to finish with these three things. We're, they're going to be speed, 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 and then we're going to end with this uh, chorus of this song. Psalm 133.1 says, Look at how good and pleasing it is when families live together as one. This is mixed families. If you don't have blood family, I told you last week you're a part of the Bridge family. We're called to do life together. The enemy tried to get in during COVID and tried to isolate people. That's not what God is about. He is about us having community, having a relationship together. Well, I do it online. That doesn't count. It's in person, face-to-face, meeting people. We need to see people. I'm so glad to see your face again. You have no idea. Okay? All right? Hopefully you're okay seeing mine. Amen. All right? Here we go. Three things real quick. This is your homework. Okay? If you have a pen or pencil, write this down. If you were here the first week, you already heard these. Here we go. Okay? Here we go. If you think something good about your kids, tell them. All right? I'm proud of my kids, man. I have the greatest kids in the world. I'm sorry. It's just God bless us with that. Uh, yours may be our second or third. Ours are the best. And that's just what we have. And we're honored that we get to steward them. You're welcome to borrow them anytime, but please return them. Number two, if you think something good to do with your kids, do it. Man, I was thinking we should go on Alaskan cruise. Do it. Save your pennies. Sacrifice your Starbucks so you can go and do that. Number three, if you want to change, you change first. Heather talked about that. Parenting was about me trying to transform my kids when my kids started to transform me because you're parenting. Let's pray, and I'm going to put the church number up on the phone. After we're done praying, if you want to make a commitment to Christ, just text yes to our number. He came. He showed us how to do it. He was perfect because He came from the perfect Father. Some of you in here right now have had a tough family situation, or you've had a tough father or a tough mother, or you don't even know who your real mom or dad are, or you come from a different scenario. We're we're a bunch of mutts coming together this morning. None of us are thoroughbreds when it comes to that. Jesus came perfectly so that you could have that with the Father. God looks at you when you accept Christ and He sees perfect Christ in you no matter what you've done, what you've been through, and He can give you that. And so my prayer for you this morning is if you come from that tough spot, He'd give you that. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You for who You are. I thank You that I'm a child of God. Hey, would you just stand with me while I'm praying? Come on, stand with me while I'm praying. God, I thank You, Lord, that no matter what I have done, You still meet me where I'm at. God, no matter what, I'm still a child of Yours. Father, You gave Your life, sending Your Son, sacrificing the most important thing, so I don't have to, other than putting my life at the altar, so that You live in me. Today, I choose You, Father. Thank You, Lord, that You accept me and You love me where I'm at. God, Help me be a parent and a child at the same time in the way you call me to be. Thank you, Father. And we all said amen in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's worship him. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. 
If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.